0: Today's episode are my 15 best travel tips. Fresh off my Ireland Scotland adventure, I was sitting down when I got back and thinking about what are the things that I wished I had known or done differently on the trip? Had had planned better in advance and these 15 tips, they can apply to really any trip. I, I think three of them apply to overseas travel. But if you're going on a trip and you have an upcoming adventure planned, then they might be helpful. So I thought, let me just share them, little side stories with some of them. Uh, so you can understand how like important they were <laughs> to to know in advance. Uh, yeah, and and so I thought... Anybody who is going on an adventure would be it would be helpful to listen to these, and and it would save you some trouble that maybe I went through that I could have avoided. And I also want to say, if you're not going on adventure, if you don't have an adventure planned, plan an adventure. Everybody needs an adventure. Adventures are, you know, fill the soul. And I came back so energized, so ready to dive into a more passionate life. Uh, It's just, we need to reset. And I think when you go on an adventure, you you are able to do that. You are able to get away from the grind and you come back refreshed and you come back grateful for what you have. I know we were gone for 11 days and by the end, I was just wanting to get back home and get into my routine. It was a great adventure. I uh, loved every minute. And these tips will help you on your next adventure. So be an adventurer, even if it's a little baby adventure, just plan your next adventure and apply these tips, the ones that, you know, will help you on whatever adventure you're going to be going on. So here they are. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Sparked Second Half. Today, what I want to talk about is some travel tips. I want to give you some travel tips since I just went on a long trip, was gone to Ireland and Scotland for 11 days, and I thought I would share some of the things that I wished I had done or known before I went. So some of the things uh, I think, well, I talked about, I gave some travel suggestions in a recent episode, I talked about, cause I asked chat GPT, the artificial intelligence app, what the best places to travel for women over 50 were. And people really liked that. So I thought, well, how about travel tips? Kind of is a companion episode to that one. Uh, and so some are, you can, it doesn't matter where you're traveling, you can go anywhere. Their tips for anywhere. And then there's about three of them out of the 15 I have that are specific to traveling further distances like overseas. So with no further ado, let me get started. Number one, be grateful for what you desire in advance. This is a practice I started doing and I highly recommend it because my gratitude practice, which I've been doing for a few years now, Is all about what I'm thankful for that is in my reality and that is present in my life today, which is a great practice. Uh, So I'm not bashing that. I still do that. But what I've recently started doing is being grateful in advance for things that I want to bring into my reality. And so one of the things that I did was I had some gratitude around things that I wanted to happen during our trip. And everything that I wanted to happen, number one being I wanted the travel to go smoothly because my husband is not patient when it comes to traveling, <laughs> and if we have any travel hiccups, he's going to say, "I'm not going anywhere anymore." And usually that dies down after a while. but I, you know i I just wanted it to go smoothly. You know, we had a connection uh, in, in, well, actually we didn't have a connection. We had just the flight straight over to Dublin. Uh, but we, then we flew from Dublin to Edinburgh, Edinburgh. I, I, it's hard to pronounce. I I can give you a little trick on how I found out how that actually is pronounced. Uh, and I always thought it was Edinburgh. That because, and then I looked at when we were going, it was like, no, it's Edinburgh. So then I started saying Edinburgh and then people were correcting me. No, it's Edinburgh. Well, it's, it's, it's actually the G is silent and the H isn't. So it's really Edinburgh, Edinburgh, but the, you know, you say it, you say Edinburgh, Edinburgh. So it's not burrow, it's burrow. <laughs> so that's the little trick I learned instead of saying Edinburgh. Uh, so that is fresh off a person, a Scottish person who explained it to me. All right. So, so I guess that's a 16th tip, how to pronounce Edinburgh. (laughs) Uh, But then we flew into Edinburgh and then on the way back, we had a connection through Dublin. And so it, it just needed to be smooth, go smooth and you know, there's a lot of things, not just connecting and leaving on time and that sort of thing, going through customs, that can always be a, a, a big nightmare. Uh, I don't know if you've been through customs, but it's a lot. You have to have patience. It's a lot of waiting. It's a waiting game for many places. So and that's a later tip. I'm going to give a tip about going through customs. All right. So be grateful in advance for whatever you want. And this doesn't even have to apply to travel, but particularly when you're traveling, be grateful for the things you want to have happen on your trip because the things like I said that I was grateful for in advance came true. And I think the way that the brain works is you're creating that which you you know, you're creating that which you want to achieve, your goals, your dreams and if you rehearse it in your mind the you un- and and that's sending a message out to the universe the universe knows and tries to conspire to help you so that's that's why you want to do that number 2 download your anything that you want to listen to or watch on your phone nowadays especially overseas a lot of stuff is is you got you can watch any well, so many movies that you want to watch uh, so you don't necessarily need things on your device, but I, I listen to audiobooks and I listen to podcast episodes. And so I like to listen to those. I don't need the stuff that the airplane provides. Uh, but what I forgot to do before I left is there was one, there's one podcast series that I'm listening to. It's about a scam, Scamanda. It's a, if you've heard of it, it's like, Oh, this woman who faked cancer and made money off of it. It's, And she's awful. She's in jail now. But so uh, I went to listen and I'm in the middle of it and I didn't get those downloaded. You have to you have to um, save the episodes or do something to get those saved. So make sure that you go to those podcast episodes that you want or those podcast series and make sure that those episodes are downloaded on your phone and also audiobooks because you can pick audiobooks and they're in your, they like appear in your library, but you actually have to download them local to listen to them. And so what, you know, the, uh, what, what I listen to audible, uh, so, you know, it doesn't want to take up all that memory on your phone. So you, you, you only download the ones you want at the time. And then once you finish it, then, and you don't have to take up Room. I, get, I think it takes up room on your phone. But anyways, that's just number two is make sure that you have what you need that you want to listen to already downloaded. So number three, don't sit in the back. And this applies more to overseas because you're on a trip for longer. So you're gonna have to go to the bathroom. Shorter trips, go to the bathroom before you get on the plane, but don't sit in the like back eight to 10 rows and you might not have an option, I would rather sit in a middle seat in an upfront row than in the back rows because people line up to go to the bathroom. And and, And you know those aisles, two people, it's hard for two people to pass in those aisles. So essentially what's happening is the people that are waiting to go to the bathroom are when the person comes out of the bathroom to go back to their seat, they're having to lean over into the seats of the people in the back rows. And I felt so bad for those people that were in the back rows. What a horrible experience that would be. That would be a travel nightmare to me. So I was glad we were sitting up closer to the front of the plane. Number four, take an umbrella, especially if you're traveling to Ireland and Scotland. One of the the woman of the couple that we were traveling with brought a little teeny, a little teeny umbrella. They make these little teeny umbrellas that you can stick anywhere. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I should have thought of that. I even forgot my um, my raincoat. So I, of course, I got a new raincoat while I was over there uh, in St. Andrews. So I'll always remember my where I got my raincoat. So I was kind of excited that I got a new raincoat. Uh, but I wish I had packed my raincoat, honestly, because when we got there the first day we were in Ireland, it was a rainy day. So fortunately, my husband let me borrow some uh, something for of his that I could wear. But make sure, even if uh, you aren't going to a rainy place, you never know. A, a little umbrella would be handy. Number five, know the rules going through security. Every security line and place is different. So even in the United States, I find that you don't know, but we're going to different countries. So when you go to different countries, Ireland had different rules. Scotland had different rules. And what happened to me is I got stuck because, and I I can't remember which airport it was. I think it was Edinburgh. And oh my gosh, the security there, it was massively crowded. And so many of the bags were getting rejected. They go through the line and then they have to go to somebody who, you know, the person looks at them through whatever technology they look at. And then there's two feeds. One feed goes down to the people wanting their bags back, and the other feed goes to some other security agent who opens the bag and sifts through it. And the line for the bags that were being sifted through was 10 minutes long, basically. And so it was, it was not, I've never seen. a a crowd like that. I mean, they even had a thing that says how long you have to wait to get your bag that was being inspected. And what happened to me is that, and I think this happened to a lot of people because the line was long, is I didn't take my computer out of my bag. Every other security line we had been through, I didn't have to do that. And so, was there something else? Oh, my Remarkable. My I had a Remarkable. Never had to take that out at all, even places where I take my laptop out. So, I, all those things were still in my backpack. And so, I had an iPad, a computer, and a Remarkable. Nowhere did I see a, a sign that said, take those out. And usually, when you have to take those things out, there's an agent that's repeating over and over to the people that are coming in, take out your electronics and put them in a separate bucket. So that didn't happen. And so that is the reason for the nightmare. So know the rules before you put all your stuff in the little carts or cubbies or whatever they're called. Ask an agent there, do I need to take my electronics out? Do I need to take my shoes off? We also had to take our shoes off there. We didn't have to take our shoes off any other airport. So know the security rules, save you. It will save you time, especially in a place that's, that's crowded. Plus who wants people rummaging through their stuff? It's not unpleasant, very unpleasant situation. Uh, Okay. So six pack snacks. I think as moms, moms are great at this. Moms pack snacks for their kids and then you might nibble on some yourself, but as adults, we don't take snacks for, for ourselves And so one of the things that I like to pack is I like to pack crackers and those little packets of peanut butter or almond butter because those are easy and they're yummy because I love peanut butter and almond butter. Uh, Dried fruit is another good thing that you could take. So I've also taken that seaweed. I don't know if you've ever had the seaweed packs. I learned these from my kids. Uh, My grandkids would have these snacks. Uh, They're a little bulky, but they're a great snack to take on an airplane. Number seven, this is a big one. Take vitamin C daily. Take your vitamin C, even if you're not traveling daily, but take your vitamin C with you on your trip, because when you're on a trip, your immune system is more compromised. First of all, you're exposed to a lot of people who might be sick and you are getting less sleep more than likely. Uh, it's, and you're, you're just going, going, going. And, and I tell you that I don't get sick when I travel and I know it's because I take my vitamin C and so that's a big one. And of course my husband doesn't normally take vitamin C and then he's wanting my vitamin C where we're on a trip and I only packed enough for me. So another tip, take enough for your husband or your partner or whoever you're traveling with. You don't want them to get sick either. Cause it'll affect your trip. Number eight get a cross-body purse. I got a cross-body purse. I've traveled with it, I think, three times. It's amazing. It's like a little mini backpack that you have on your chest. I, I just feel safe. Uh, it, it's. I think it's less likely that you're going to lose it because it's on your body versus hanging over your shoulder where it can drop off real easily. I think less easy to pickpocket. Uh, and mine, I got it at, oh gosh, what's the name of the the... I, I've shared it on social media. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but um, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll find it. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put a link to, to it because it wasn't expensive. It's high quality and it's got a lot of little nooks and crannies in it. And it's I can shove my phone in it. I have like my Stevia in it. I have my wipes in it. I have my, of course, my credit cards, my wallet. So it's, it's really handy. And I have my, my, my AirPods uh, and, and so I actually carried my cord uh, for my phone. So, cause you can charge your phone on planes now. So a crossbody purse is, is really a great thing. And you can tuck things in so easily in front of you. Oh, and I'm going to add to this not just a crossbody purse, wear leggings with side pockets. So the side pockets with leggings are so amazing. And I I used to wear leggings. I didn't care about side pockets. Now I have to travel with side pockets. And so there's two things that I love about the side pockets is you can easily slip your phone in if like if you're, you know, you need to access it for your boarding passes, for example. It's just really easy access. A crossbody purse, you can pull it right out of the pocket. So either of those work for that. But also for instance, like your boarding pass and your, your license, it's just so easy to just slip them in there and then they're easy to get to. Uh, Cause even with the purse, sometimes you have to rummage to find things. So leggings with side pockets, I'm adding that, that's a 16th one. So, all right, so number nine, create a shared group. So if you're taking photos, we had a lot of people and they were taking photos. And when you're with a lot of people, they take pictures of you, you take pictures of them. So create a shared group or a shared drive. You can share, do a Google drive. I ended up, because everybody's talking about it, and I'll create a Google drive and some of the people are all in our 60s, mostly 50s and 60s. And so people are like, what's well, a Google drive? How do you do that? And I was like, everybody pretty much is on Facebook or at least one of the couple was on Facebook. So I created a Facebook group. And so we're all sharing our photos in a Facebook group. And then you can download really easily the videos and the and the pictures. Uh, And you're like, some people did different things than we did. And so some of them have amazing pictures. So yeah, so create, I really encourage you can also share your, uh, you can create an album on your, I know on your iPhone, I'm sure on your Android um, has the same feature and you can share that too. So, uh, you know, I can share it with my kids or my good friends. I talked to a friend yesterday and she's like, I want to see your pictures. So it's just easy. You just share with their phone number uh, and, and put all the photos in, in a shared album. Uh, so that, that's another, another tip. 10. When you travel, this is one for overseas. When you travel overseas, you're not getting the sleep, the proper sleep. Most overseas, I live on the East coast and most overseas flights, they leave at night and you get there the next morning. And number one, you're excited. So you can't sleep. And number two, It's hard to sleep on a damn plane. Uh, You know, those neck things. Oh, the neck things. I see people with them. I switch mine around. So when you fasten it, you move it around. So the bulky parts in front of your neck, because that's my, (laughs) I see people and they're, they've got those neck things on and they're going forward asleep, but that's because they have them the wrong way. And I'm thinking that's going to even create more problems because it's in the back and it's forcing them forward too. So even those neck travel pillows don't necessarily work for me. So I never get much sleep on an airplane. I think this trip, I did get a good three hours, but it's still not enough. And you get over on your, and you you start off your trip with your immune system suppressed because you don't have enough sleep. And so the person that we met over there who lives in Ireland and we were staying with him, he made us go to sleep. So he made us this huge breakfast And salmon, bagels, poached eggs. I mean, it was like such a brilliant breakfast. And then he made us go to bed. And so we went to bed for like three hours. We had a three hour nap. We had set our alarms. And then we got up around noon and go, go, go. And it was like doing, doing, doing. And we never suffered any jet lag from that. So make sure that you take your nap when you get there. You will be glad for it as the days go on. All right. Number 11, this is a big one. Assume your luggage will not arrive with you. Of the 25-ish people that were with us, so we, we did a, Uh, like three different things. We went to Ireland, we traveled with one couple and we went to Ireland, spent two days there, went to Edinburgh, spent two days there. Then we went to a castle and we stayed at the castle. Some friends of ours own this castle and we stayed there with like 25 people. So I'm speaking of the 25 people we stayed with at at the castle, we didn't travel with 25 people the whole time. Eight, I was counting them, eight of the 25-ish didn't get their luggage. Can you imagine going over there and like having to wear the clothes that you wore on the airplane? People were going to the store and buying new outfits. And the airlines, they flew on, um, one was British Air and I think the other one was Delta. We flew on Air Lingus. So British Air and Delta were the ones who lost the luggage and it can happen on any airline. Uh, but how frustrating and two of the guys were planning to play golf and their golf bags didn't come and they finally did but it was it was a real hassle so make sure you take a carry-on that has clothes in it at least a couple days supply because usually you get your your luggage and everybody did get their luggage but The one guy who didn't get his golf bag, he didn't get it till the day before we left. And I would say at least half of the people didn't get their luggage for at least actually one couple didn't get their luggage at all yet. And they were leaving. They were leaving the castle and going over to England. So who knows when they got their their luggage or if they've gotten their luggage. Uh, But the other, you know, a couple of the people didn't get their luggage for like three days. So it's really important to take at least a couple of days of clothes. I mean, they had to buy shoes, underwear. It was not just like a pretty top and a pair of pants. It was everything. So, and I know people always recommend, I've heard this before, take your makeup. You always wanna take your makeup, but I think most people do take their makeup in their carry-on. So that's probably a tip you don't need. All right, so that is, oh, and along with, your luggage being lost. I learned that, and you might know this, I'm just in the dark, bag tags. There's this new thing called bag tags and you, they're little electronic devices that you clip or you put inside your luggage and you can track your luggage. So, you know, in fact, one of the people who lost her luggage had a bag tag and she knew where her bag was. And she was telling the agent where her bag was. It, it, she had gone through, I think she had gone through customs, and it was on the other side of the wall, and she couldn't go back in there. So how frustrating! She couldn't get her bag, but she knew where it was, and she still didn't get it. It had to go through the process through the airlines. So it, it, not necessarily that it, you know you'll you'll get your bag, but you'll know where your bag is, and uh, you can track it, and you can feel more, uh, I guess, comfortable that your bag is, is, is in a known location. Cause sometimes the airlines, you know, they'll say, well, I don't know where it is. And you can at least say, I know where it is. All right. Uh, so that was number, uh, 11, number 12. You might not realize this, but if you travel over to Europe, you can go through us customs in Dublin and the airport where we normally go in and out of in Washington, DC, uh, The customs is usually very uh, crowded, uh, usually takes a long time. So our experience with that is not pleasant. And so the Dublin customs has a reputation for being swift, smooth, and you don't have to wait very long, which we found to be true. So if you're gonna fly overseas and you have to make a connection, It's really, I highly recommend going through the Dublin airport on the way home. And uh, we had a very pleasant experience with Aer Lingus. So big props to that airline. So I know they fly through Dublin because they're an Irish airline. They have uh, clovers on their wings or on their tails. So yeah, I would highly recommend going through Dublin for customs, US customs. Number 13. We had a little bit of a hiccup with the car rental. So this is the car rental tip. And you might know it. I, I did not know this. We none of us, the four of us who are traveling together didn't know this. But my husband had put the car rental in his on his credit card. And I was going to be the primary driver. And the guy we were traveling with was going to be the second, the secondary driver. And you have to pay extra for secondary drivers. So when we got there, they wanted my credit card and the, I didn't want to, I, I did, I think I didn't bring the credit card and, and that, uh, that I, that would have the money to pay for the stuff on it. And so like my other cars were debit cards. And so it was quite a, quite a amount of money that we were going to have to spend for the rental car. And so, so there was a real hassle because they were like, no, you have to use your credit card. To, if you're the primary driver, you have to use your credit card. And I'm like, I can't we, that's not, not possible. So there's like, well, then you can't rent the car. So I was like, okay, well, so what we ended up doing is even though my husband was going to drive the car, he had to be the primary driver and we had to add me as a secondary driver. So we had two secondary drivers. We had to pay more. So just know going into it, because if I had known that going into it, I would have, we would have booked it with my credit card in advance. And then we wouldn't have had to pay extra money for me to be a secondary driver. But it was, I was so, it was so good. Oh, and the other thing uh, related to rental cars overseas is they have mostly stick shifts. They mostly have manual transmission cars. You have to special request an automatic. So if you don't know how to drive a manual and you've rented a car, case in point, you definitely need to make that request upfront. I was it's lucky because I and the other secondary driver know how to drive stick shift. Actually, three out of four of us knew how to drive stick shift. I had never driven on the right-hand side of the car, on the left-hand side of the road. (laughs) with a stick shift on shifting on my left hand. So that was a whole new experience, which was really fun. Actually, I I am glad I made it home safely. And everybody trusted me because that would be a scary thing, trusting somebody who'd never done that before. So kudos to my three uh, driving passengers who uh, trusted me with that. Uh, and it was it was way fun. So if you like to drive stick shifts, and you want to experience driving on the other side. I, I don't know that I would ever chose that experience, but the fact that I did do it, looking back, it was so much fun and so glad I had that experience. And I will say also that you think you might drive on the wrong side of the road. I only did that once when I got confused entering a, a roundabout, uh, but I was I was kind of like the middle of the road and not the the far wrong side of the road. But uh, when you're following, it's you're, you're usually following traffic. And so all I would say is just follow the traffic and you're fine. I think the person who was the most nervous was the, the person, the friend we stayed with in Edinburgh. He came to the rental car place and to, to help us navigate back to his place, which was really nice because when you don't know where you're going and you're in a different environment, driving on the different side of the road and a different side of the car, it can get a little overwhelming. And so I I tell you, he was a little nervous driving with me, Uh, but we made it home and it was great. Made it back to his house. All right. Number 14. We wanted to eat at a seaside restaurant and it was kind of one of those things where we didn't make reservations in advance. We didn't know where we were going to end up. We drove over to St. Andrew's on the way back to Edinburgh. We were like, oh, let's stop in this town. It looks like a really cool town. There was a highly rated restaurant that we wanted to go to. Uh, When we got there, the restaurant, there was like the line out the door and we were like, no, we're not going to wait in line. And it didn't have great ambiance anyways. I'm there for the ambiance at the restaurant, so. So we walked along the seaside to find a restaurant and we went into one and the woman was a little gruff. She wasn't very nice. Uh, So there's like two tips bundled into this one tip. So there, it looked like there was availability, but she said, do you have a reservation? We said, no. And she said, well, I'm sorry. And so we were like, oh, we walked away with our tail between our legs. And we, we looked, we checked a couple other places and they just weren't like, where we wanted to eat. So we thought, let's go back there because they had outside tables and let's see if we can sit outside. Maybe the reservations aren't for outside tables. So that was a great idea. And one of the people said, well, she wasn't very nice. And so the other thing that I would say, the second little tip here is give people second chances because it could have just been a moment where she was had something going on in her head or had just talked to somebody who was mean, who was a customer, who knows. So we went back in there and I approached her and I said, hey, can we sit outside? Is it possible to sit outside? She was all cheery and she was like, sure, yeah, I'll take you out there. She was so nice the rest of the time. So we gave her a second chance. We gave the restaurant a second chance and we tried, well, maybe we can sit outside. And then it was great because we sat under an awning and then this rainstorm came that we weren't expecting, and and we were tucked under this little awning. It was perfect, and we had a delightful meal. Uh, and yeah, so it worked out perfectly. So always ask if you can sit outside, if their reservations are booked. And fifteen, last but not least, yeah, this one uh, is interesting, and I just need to remember this for myself in the future. But when we left Edinburgh, well, we went for the day to St. Andrews from Edinburgh. And it's an hour drive. And the person that we were staying with was encouraging me. You know, we, you tend to listen to somebody who you think, oh, they, they live here. They're, I need to do what they're telling me to do. Uh, but just go kind of with your gut on um, what works for you. But he was saying, you know, got, got to plug in the to the car's navigation. You got to plug it in and then make sure you get that all set up before you go. Well, you know, I use my own phone's navigation system normally, and I'm fine with it. So what happened is we got into the car. It was a little Audi SUV, and I plugged it into the navigation system as he directed me to. And we started off, and I didn't plug it into my phone. And so we weren't even like a block away, and I was confused. So here I am driving on the wrong side of the road, on the wrong side of the car, a car I'm unfamiliar with, a navigation system I'm unfamiliar with, and I was still trying to f- figure it out. And and it was really, uh, it, it was stressing me. It was overwhelming me. And, and I, you know, you don't want that when you're in a strange city, when you're in a strange vehicle. And so ultimately, I pulled, so we we probably got to about three blocks from the house. And then of course, everybody's trying to instruct me, right? Because that's what passengers do. They try to help you. And so I'm hearing the navigation system. I'm hearing them and I'm just like, and so I just pulled over and I pulled over and I said, I'm not using the car navigation system. I'm using my phone. And right before I shut off the car navigation system, I realized that the order, I was trying to follow the order that it was telling me to go. And it was backwards order. So the next place I was supposed to turn was at the bottom of the navigation. It wasn't at the top. So the navigation system, you have to be familiar with the navigation system. Use what you're comfortable with. And so I just was like, oh, went back to my phone, used my phone the whole time. My phone never failed me until we got at the very end and we were going to, to leave and we were back at the Edinburgh airport to leave and the car and I always reminded of the office. You remember the office, and they ended up in the lake because the GPS kept calling, and they saw the lake, and they're still driving into the lake. So the, the the navigation was telling me to go to the airport, not the rental, and I put the rental place in, and so I was listening to the navigation system. Every in the car is like, no, turn there or turn there, and it was a roundabout and all that. And I, I, you know, we ultimately got to the rental car place, but I navigated incorrectly. We had to go through the airport and that was a little bit of a hiccup. But other than that, everything went smoothly. So that is what my tips are. The 15 tips, you call them lessons learned, uh, tips for you when you're going on your next travel adventure, uh, and most of them apply to anywhere you go. So I hope that this helps you and I hope you enjoyed my little side uh, stories as I was explaining the tips. It was an amazing adventure. I can't believe we've been planning it for so long. I can't believe it's finally over and just a memory or several memories, I will say. I'm gonna do another episode. Uh, My next episode is gonna be about our bike adventure, specifically to the bike adventure. And what I learned on the bike adventure uh, that just reinforced what I already know. But it's funny how sometimes we need these reinforcements. And my next adventure is not too far away. It's basically three weeks from today. I'm leaving to go to Sedona, Arizona for my first retreat that I'm hosting. So I'm super excited about that. I had a new person sign up yesterday. There's still three spots left. Uh, one person dropped out because her husband is ill. So, uh, so that opened up another spot. So there's three spots left. And if it's something that you have thought about wanting to do a retreat, the person I talked to yesterday, she's I've been wanting. She wants to host retreats. But she's never been on a retreat. And I told her, I said. I went, I, same for me, exact same thing. I, I wanted to go on a retreat. It was on my vision board, but I wanted to host it. It was really on my vision board because I want to host a retreat, but wouldn't it be nice to go on a retreat to, to understand how retreats work? And I am, because I went on this yoga retreat to Greece like a year and a half ago, and it just it pl- further planted that seed that I want to do this, not necessarily yoga because I'm not a yoga instructor, but I want to bring a group of women together. I want to have a transformative experience. And uh, there are things that I did on that retreat that I'm going to do my version of. And so it's just a really a wonderful, no matter what, if you're feeling like you need to get away from the hustle bustle, if you're feeling like uh, connecting with women, like-minded women who are on a personal growth path path, um, and wanting a better second half, wanting to really, understand like, what's, what's, what, why are we still here? And because a lot of people haven't made it to where we are age wise, why are we still here and what is there left to do? And that requires really understanding who you are and what dreams you have. And it requires uh, listening to your intuition. So we're going to get into a lot of intuition building, learning new skills and that's what I'm most excited about because that's something that I have been weak in, and I've only learned late in life. So if this is something that appeals to you, then please reach out to me. I'm on social media. You, my links are in my show notes. Uh, you can email me at Laurie Wright at NotYourAverageGrandma.com. L a u uh, r i e w r i g h t. So all uh, reach out to me uh, and get signed up. It's not never too late uh, to do, to have a new adventure. And this one is close and, uh, you don't have to wait too long for it. Like we had to wait for our our Ireland, Scotland adventure for almost a year. Uh, but yeah, it'll be, be here very soon. So thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Thank you so much for tuning into the living your spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at notyouraveragegrandma. Grandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.